What is included and excluded when calculating remuneration and wages? This is Stuff Employers Should Know. Welcome to Stuff Employers Should Know, proudly brought to you by LabourNet, management's ultimate HR solution. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Barry Gordon-Davis, and over there is Yasser Yaslaket Ismail, joining me as always and keeping his fingers on the button. Today is the maths edition of Stuff Employers Should Know. We're going to be discussing... Uh, the calculation of remuneration and wages. So uh, how are you doing, Yas? Well, uh, considering the last time I ate was uh, 4am this morning, uh, not that great, but I yeah, guess so, it is what it is. So Yas is busy fasting at the moment, and I, you know that obviously messes with my lunch plans. <laughs> I was busy saying to him that uh, for somebody that has eaten so long ago, he's very, very uh, much well in good spirits and stuff. So thank you and and all the best with that. You know, we always put stuff employees should know first. So <laughs> That's it. Um, I was also saying that uh, we, we're sitting now, I think at the time that this podcast will air, we will be sitting at probably around about five or six days into not having a lockdown. Uh, you're usually saying this is day 750 of lockdown. Now we're finally going into the countdown of, you know, um, like a NASA launch when it's T minus. We're now in the plus phase where it's like now post lifting of that, the state of disaster. But we obviously still have regulations. So that's not saying that everybody can now just run amok. But still, um, just one or two days in and I came to studio and I realized I left my mask at home. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that awkward moment. But luckily, so I sent Yas out to the studio to go find me a mask and he came back with what looked like a pair of old underwear and uh, <laughs> claims that that's his spare one from his car, which I'm using and I, I don't know, I think he found it outside somewhere. <laughs> so when I said spare one from my car, I meant uh, spare one underneath my car. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, getting into today's topic. So calculation of remuneration and wages. Now, we're going to give a whole bunch of different um, equations that get used with it. And this is just the simple ones that get asked of us quite often. And we've been getting a couple of emails saying, listen, just run something on how do we calculate this and how do we calculate that. Um, and there's a standard set of calculations that you can use. So um, obviously, it's based on the amount of ordinary hours worked by the employee so if we want to look at and calculate let's say the the monthly rate daily rate weekly rate it's used on ordinary hours because it's obviously um, you shouldn't be able to predict a um, overtime where overtime should not be worked as a ordinary hour overtime should be in a event that we require overtime so that's not necessarily taken into account so when we look at calculating our remuneration and wages firstly let's talk about um, how do we then get to a monthly amount so let's get into today's topic and the use of calculating uh, weekly or daily or monthly wages is obviously has many uses, uh, particularly when wanting to, let's say, pay out a leave um, or pay out any amount that is that is due to an employee and a specific rate needs to get um, determined. Okay, so this being the math edition, let's talk about some calculations. Yes. So for example, if you are an employee who knows their hourly rate, daily rate or weekly rate. How would you then go about calculating what you'd earn for that month? Yeah, 100%. So scaling um, from the daily rate to the monthly rate or from the monthly rate down to the daily rate, it's the same calculations, obviously just using other multiplication or division. So when you want to um, determine how many, let's say, your weekly rate, if you want to turn your weekly rate into a monthly rate, that is then a multiplication by 4.33. So um, you multiply your weekly rate by 4.33 to get a monthly rate. Um, or if you want to determine your weekly rate, you divide 
your monthly rate by 4.33 to get your weekly rate. And then your weekly rate you can turn into a daily rate obviously by dividing it or multiplying it depending on which way you're working it as to the number of days in that week that you ordinarily work. Okay, so obviously if you work five days a week, it would be divided by five. So you take your weekly rate divided by five and that gives you your daily rate. Daily rate, rate, 100%. All right, perfect. And finally, to work out one's hourly rate, that would obviously then use the daily rate divided by the ordinary amount of hours um, or as defined in the Basic Conditions of Employment Act, um, for the purposes of calculating wage, um, the employees deemed to ordinarily work 45 hours in a week or nine hours in a day. You can use those calculations unless the employee works less than that per week or less than that per day. Okay, that's pretty simple math, Barry. On to my next question. What about employees that are commission earners or have a payment that fluctuates every month? How do we calculate what they'd earn? Yeah, and it's quite important because, you know, the question always arises, I've got an employee that is a commission-based earner and uh, they, or their remuneration every month fluctuates significantly. How do I pay them when they, let's say, go and leave, for example, or take their annual leave? Um what you've got to do is then determine what their earnings are by using their, their remuneration or their earnings in the preceding 13 weeks. You use an average of that to then use those same calculations and work out what their hourly, daily, or weekly rate would be, depending on what's applicable. Okay, that's actually pretty simple. I was expecting a hectic calculation <laughs> and a few formulas being thrown yeah, at so you. So you find a lot of guys that are... Uh, s- significant commission earners put in a lot of hard work in just before they go and leave because they know that 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 preceding 13 weeks will be part of what they would then be entitled to Um, and the same thing would go when it comes to notice periods as well so we need to understand that working out a notice uh, if notice is paid out in lieu of it actually being worked um, how much would they actually then be getting all right so uh, for commission earners and normal employees obviously the uh, notice period a calculation would differ? Well, it, as I say, it depends on when it's worked or not. So a commission earner who works out their notice would then be due what they would normally ordinarily right. earn and that would be based on their sales. But a lot of times there's situations where there might be an agreement that a salesperson might leave uh, and be paid out an amount equal to what they would have ordinarily received. So how do we determine what they ordinarily would have received? And that's that calculation of using the average of the preceding 13 weeks. Okay, cool. Perfect. Okay, moving on to pay slips. Um, I know we've had issues before. Yeah, don't, d- yeah no, we no, remember we what happened the last time we you, you, you whipped out your pay slip. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, you, <laughs> you stormed out of here. Um, but I, yeah, I'll just have the listeners know that we have resolved our issues and we're all on board. You mean that income differential of like, I'm trying to figure out why you earn so much? Huh? Barry, I gave you some Turkish delight. Let's not get into it. <laughs> oh, yes, I did get my Turkish yeah, okay, delight. Cool. I'm not complaining. <laughs> okay, so pay slips. Most pay slips have many line items, obviously, as you would know. So what exactly is included and what's excluded from these payslips? Okay, so when we want to determine what's included, and I mean this is obviously for payments such as a severance pay um, or notice pay or even leave pay, um, there's there's the Basic Conditions of Employment Act guides us or there's actually a government gazette that helps us with severance pay. But talking about for the payment of those, what is included in remuneration is the cash value of any payment in kind that forms part of the employee's remuneration, uh, but excludes gratuities, allowances paid to the employee for the purposes of enabling an employee to work, or any discretionary payments that are not related to the employee's hours of work or work performance. But we also then are guided um, by 
it's a, actually a government gazette that then guides us as to what's included and excluded specifically when working out severance in terms of section 41 of, of the basic conditions of employment act so what is included housing or accommodation allowances or subsidies or the actual housing or accommodation received as a benefit in kind car allowances um any cash payments made to the employee, except obviously those excluded in terms of the schedule. Any other payment in kind, except those as per the schedule. Um, employers' contributions to medical aids, pensions, provident funds, and similar schemes, as well as funeral or death benef- benefit schemes are all included. So what is excluded is any cash payment or payment in kind that is there to enable the employee to work so for example uh, equipment tools um, or the an allowance you know for the provision of transport um, uh, that enables the employee to travel to and from work for example Um, a relocation allowance is excluded Um, other gratuities such as tips from customers or gifts from employers share incentive schemes discretionary payments that are not related to the employee's hours of work Um, so let's say a discretionary profit sharing scheme would be excluded Um, entertainment allowances and then education and schooling fees are also excluded Okay, that's a long list of exclusions. Yeah, so the best thing to do is obviously just check in with your consultant and just make sure because I know um, this is how it's listed in the Basic Conditions of Employment Act or it's a, a appropriate schedules or gazettes. However, we might call them different things and employers like to call things different things. Um, we just need to see whether it falls within the definition of the BCEA. Awesome. Uh, thanks for that information, Barry, and thanks for the, the maths edition. It made me feel like I was back in matric and watching SABC and getting a online or rather on, on set uh, maths uh, lesson there. Yes, I unfortunately don't have the projector or all the highlighters and um, dry board markers on my hands. So it looks a little bit different than that. And I think if we're doing pretty basic maths, I think that's why I do law rather than maths. <laughs> 100%. As you said, that's it for the maths edition of Stuff Employers Should Know. If you uh, found today's episode helpful or any of our previous uh, episodes helpful for that matter, please go and like those episodes. Like this episode, rate us. It really does help the podcast. And if you want to get in touch, drop us a mail at sesk at labornet.com or on any of the social media platforms. So uh, going into the uplifted um no state of disaster still i'll say stay safe out there COVID's still a reality and till the next episode from myself and yes cheers staff employers should know was proudly brought to you by labornet management's ultimate hr solution for more episodes from staff employers should know go to apple podcasts google podcasts or wherever you play your favorite shows case law or statutes referenced in the podcast are current at the time of recording